you have tuned in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross, the best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Sports Docket. We have the NHL playoffs underway with the Rangers of one nothing over the Devils. And also the Mets and Yankees getting up to a little bit of a rough start this season. We'll have all that for you and much more next on the Sports Docket and the Quad. Welcome to episode 39 of the Sports Doctor here on Blog Talk Radio for Thursday, April 10th, 2008. We've got another great one-hour edition of the Sports Docket for you tonight. And hi, everybody. And I'm Ethan Clawson. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and I'm Steve Ackerman. Uh, the Rangers are up one nothing. Uh, the Mets fans are waving their uh, towels right now, uh, hoping <laughs> for a rally for <laughs> the Sand TV. Uh, but, uh, guys, welcome to our show, of course. A lot to talk about tonight. A uh, big story right now will be the hockey because they are in the playoffs. Definitely. And also we'll talk some Mets and uh, talk some Yankees. It's definitely going to be a fun series. Uh, not so fun last night for me personally, but um, fun for most people in the metro area. And um, Rangers who made up about 50% of the crowd last night, the fans that is. I wouldn't say that, uh, much, but a good, a good portion of the crowd, Ranger fans. Yeah, I mean, you were seeing about as much blue as you saw red last night. And uh, the the Devils Beautiful. were seeing red last night in the third period. Mark Tampador made a couple mistakes in the crease, and the Rangers took advantage. Callahan um, with the go-ahead goal, the rookie, the 23-year-old coming through. And then the Rangers broke it open. They had Nigel Dawes with the open netter to make it 4-1. to one. And uh, I tip my, my hat to the Rangers in game one. Um, they showed why um, they won seven out of eight games this year and why they win with their offense. And the Devils' defense wasn't so bad. It was more so the Rangers' offense taking advantage in this well, game. Off. I actually thought watching that game, I thought the Devils, for the most part, except for a few, um, you know, a few, uh, you know, shifts or a few uh, spurts of uh, good offense by the Rangers. I think for the majority of the game, the Devils actually outplayed the Rangers. But the Rangers uh, came through a couple of uh, a few uh, uh, very bad defensive mistakes by the Devils. Of course, on the uh, both basically all the third period goals were odd man rushes for the Rangers, and um, or mistake by the goaltender. Uh, the, it just shows the Devils they just cannot put the puck back in the net in the back of the net. I mean the Devils they play a hard game. They play a good defensive game as they always do. They have of course one of the best goaltenders in the league in Marty Brodeur. But they just have nobody that finishes, and that's going to be a big issue as uh, we go forward here. You know, so the Rangers do have one of the uh, best um, playoff players in recent memory with the likes of Chris Drury and Scott Gomez. Gomez, of course, with three assists last night. Uh, he loves to um, contribute early in series, and that's exactly what he did last night. Um, he was all over the place uh, and really had a great showing for the first time against his former team in the playoffs. So nice job by Scott Gomez. Again, 
at 8.05. Actually, right now, uh, we'd like to welcome in Dan Axon. He's joined us before. He's from the Pucks on Broadway blog. Dan, you got to be very happy for what you saw in game one. Um, fine, happy. I, I mean, we, we won a game on the road. We took, uh, you know, we took the first playoff game against the Devils for the first time after that debacle of a sweep a couple of years ago. But uh, as I wrote this morning on uh, both Pucks on Broadway and my hockey news blog, was that Luck played a large part of this. Um, you know, I, I don't think that the Rangers outplayed the Devils. I, I agree with you that the Rangers' offense – outplayed the devil defense, but the Ranger defense was really pretty subpar last night. You talk about a few posts going a different way, maybe a bounce not going well, the right way for Brodeur, and this game is completely different. Well, yeah, um, I said, yeah, I said the Devils, you know, they got the chances. Uh, they just couldn't finish last night. Uh, by the way, thanks for joining us as we have a double act attack here on the, the Quas here. <laughs> as uh, <laughs> we got the Ranger fans against the Devil fan. I just think that yeah, the Devils don't, they just don't finish. It's, uh, it's a big problem for them. And uh, the Rangers took advantage of it in the third period. And the Rangers definitely didn't have their best game, and they still won 4-1, to which has to be scary to Devils fans. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, I mean, talking to Devils fans, um, a few guys that, that I, I keep in touch with, um, can you find work, them? some media work with the Devils. Yeah, I know, a few of them. Well, you have a few there in Jersey. Um, and there's but, a few in Brooklyn, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah both of you. I, I don't know, maybe maybe one you and, and one other one in Brooklyn, but uh, maybe <laughs> it, it's it's something that I think the Devils played above uh, expectation all season. I mean, you had a first year head coach in Brent Sutter. You, you're, the Devils are not a deep lineup. I mean, you expected more out of Gianta during the season that you didn't get. You expected more out of Elias, who was in and out of, you know, injury all summer, all season. So, really, when you think about it, were the Devils really supposed to beat the Rangers in a series? I mean, should they be the fourth seed? I don't think so. I mean, I didn't have them pick the fourth seed uh, before the season. I had them teetering at, like, the eighth spot. Um, but, I mean, I think they've played well. And I don't think the series is by any means over. I mean, there's, you know, it's just oh, one yeah. game and, and everything else. Um, but I think tomorrow night will be very telling. If the Devils can't come out tomorrow night, I think they're going to be in tough shape for the remainder of the series. Definitely no question about that. Um, also, Dan, I think you have to look at, uh, from the regular season, the Rangers seem to, they had moments during, I mean, their offense was, of course, not as not as good as the previous year, but the Rangers had a had a couple of moments, a couple of sparks during the season. Uh, especially, you remember when Chris Drury had the eight goals in ten games. The Devils really didn't have that sort of spark. The Devils' offense seemed to be pretty much along the same lines as it was during the season. You think that had an impact on the game? That the Rangers um, had a little more of the spark during the year than the Devils. Um, I think that was part of it. But a very interesting statistic that came across today was in the Eastern Conference, the Rangers had the best record out of any team against playoff teams. But they also had one of the worst records against non-playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. So I'm not sure. You can read into that however you want. I mean, the Rangers played the Atlantic Division strong all season. Uh, they played Montreal strong, Ottawa strong, um, but yet, when you when you look at games against Florida and Tampa Bay, 
you know, they faltered. So uh, do I think that, you know, having that spark and, and those little bit of runs helped? Absolutely. But, um, I mean, we also forget 20 games ago the Rangers were, were a ninth-place team. So yeah. they really have to come out at this point and show some consistency before I think they can really go anywhere. Um, I mean, that's why you brought in guys like Gomez and Drury as much as, as you hate to hear it about, about Gomez. But, I mean, it's, it's time for them to perform and step up. Yeah. Um, now, one thing here with uh, Marty Bordeaux, of course, he's a great goalie. He's a clutch goalie. But one concern that Devils fans may have, Marty Bordeaux, uh he played every single game, basically, uh, since January. Uh, early January, he played every single game. He didn't get one game off. Do you think that that could possibly have an effect on him right now as he's played, I would say, about 40 in a row without getting rest? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, the last I checked, I think he he played the last 48 games, I think, to this point, including last night, or 47. Uh, There's just no reason for it. I mean, the Devils were in a position to be challenging for the Eastern Conference title up until the last, Ten games. He should have gotten one of the last two games off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he really he could have played thirty-five or thirty-eight games or, or forty games even, and still been fine. I mean, people forget that. Yeah, he's Marty Brodeur, and he's you know arguably the best goaltender of all time. But he's on the tail end of his career, even though he's putting up outstanding numbers, and you, you can't help aging. That's going to happen. And at this stage of the game, they brought in Kevin Weeks to have a veteran presence as a backup, and they didn't utilize him. I mean, and if worst-case scenario came in at this point, if Marty Brodeur gets hurt tomorrow night and then Kevin Weeks yeah, hasn't exactly. played December and he's going to come into a playoff round. That's the other thing. That's really the other thing. Yeah, Weeks hasn't played for about four months. That's the other thing. Also, uh, what I like what Tom Rennie did, uh, you saw a few, thi- a few uh, points in the season where the Rangers had maybe a game and then like three or four days off after that. And Rennie did give Lundqvist a day off so he could have about a week off. Because uh, Rennie, you know, you know Lundqvist is going to play, play, basically he's going to start every game this postseason. Probably the only way Valcat's going to play is either injury or uh, if uh, Lundqvist starts uh, giving up a lot of goals and he gets pulled. So I think Rennie did a good job in preparing Lundqvist uh, for the playoff run. Yeah, I would agree. Before the season started, Tom Rennie actually had – every single game mapped out as to who he thought his goaltender would be for that game. And with the exception of, I think he said, three, maybe four games this season, he hasn't deviated from that schedule. So you really look at these two coaches, you have a motivator and a strong-willed guy that's out there for the blood and guts in Brent Sutter, and then you have a more compassionate, prepared, um, methodical coach in Tom Rennie. And now you see them kind of go head-to-head, and I think it's very interesting. I think that's why the two teams have been as close as they are. No, no, no doubt about that. Um, now, before, before this series, obviously, uh, the analysts, they all broke down the uh, matchups. You know, most people said the obvious, you know, that the Rangers um, have the edge on forwards and the Devils have the edge on defense. Um, obviously, in game one, that, it seemed the Rangers have the edge on everything. Is, is there any part of the game you think the Rangers um, will, besides, of course, um, goaltending, I mean, the Rangers obviously have the edge on special teams as well. Is there any part of the game you think that the, the Devils could give the Rangers trouble in this series? Because even though the Devils are a 4C, the Rangers are pretty evenly matched, if not overmatched, with the Devils. Uh, I think is, I mean, when I went through it, I did uh, 
this was about three days ago. I did a comparison on the Hockey News blog, and I actually had the two teams split in a couple different areas. Um, I think as far as team play and the, the actual team concept that the Devils employ, I think that they're a much more consistent team as far as how they play throughout the lineup than the Rangers are. I think you see very different styles of game for each one of the Ranger lines where you see a very consistent type of game throughout all the Devils lines. And if they can get some consistency with that and have some success, I think that's a very scary thing. And I wouldn't be so sure about the special teams either. I mean, the Rangers had a decent run the last 10 games on the power play, but have been pitiful to that point. Uh, last night, I didn't think they were anything special. And, I mean, they've had a good penalty kill, but the Devils' power play last night moved the puck around very well. I mean, well, yeah. was on his head yeah. for a couple of those plays, and if those go in, you can see a couple pen, uh, power play goals there, which would have made a big difference. Yeah, um, well, yeah, the Rangers, I mean, uh, for most of the years, have been good on the penalty kill and struggled a little bit on the power play. Uh, now, um, two guys, I think two very big guys in the series, Yamir Yager, of course, and Sean Avery. Uh, Yager, of course, at the post last night, but overall, I think he played a solid game last night. And Sean Avery, of course, picking up the goal, which basically sealed the game. Now, Sean Avery, uh, these are two opposite trends before the playoffs. Uh, Avery played good for a while, but then in his last 13, 14 games, I think he had something like one goal and like two assists. And then um, Yager, while he was quiet scoring-wise for most of the season, uh, he picked it up late. Now, uh, if these two guys play up up to their potential, how far do you think the Rangers can go? I mean, the nice part about being an NHL fan, aside from your team at this point, is I really think one through eight, for the most part, with the exception of perhaps Boston because of injury and Ottawa because of their goaltending situation, I don't see a standout team in the East. I mean, you can definitely say that Pittsburgh is up there, but just as easily as they can score 10 goals in the game, I wouldn't have confidence in Marc-Andre Fleury to give up 10 goals in the game. So at that point, I think it is pretty wide open, and the Rangers stand as good a shot as anybody. I think where you'll really see the difference come through is if Avery can stay out of the penalty box and continue to aggravate other players, I could see guys like Crosby and Hossa and Kovalev being taken off of their games because of that. And as much as people ragged on Yager all year for his lack of scoring, he finished tied for the lead in goals on the team. He finished with the leading points on the team. Yeah. And if you really watch the game, it's the first time in his entire career that you have ever seen him playing a physical game and playing a back-checking defensive game. Yeah, even when, committed um, to the system. Even when he wasn't scoring, you know, even on, on the offense, he's still taking up space, freeing up guys like Dubinsky, Straka, and Avery, whoever's playing with him. So I think uh, that's big as well. Um I, you know, this team, I think I agree with you on the point that you said about uh, the wide-open Eastern Conference. Uh, I really think that anybody can do it. I think goaltending will be the difference. I think whoever has the hottest goaltender and whoever's playing uh, smart hockey is going to make it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's where the Rangers really they stand up above most of the other teams. And the Rangers. The other goaltenders in the East, you know, you're not looking at elite goaltenders for the most part. Um, I mean, Henrik and, and Brodeur are really it. Um, Iran is unproven. 
Uh, Tim Thomas is unproven. Um, Harry Price is unproven. I mean, all those guys that are going to be carrying these teams have not had any sort of sustained success. Yeah, and also, if you compare the Rangers now to that series against the Devils about two or three years ago, this team is a totally different team. Uh, they're much more of a defensive team than they used to be. They're, they're definitely more... Um, they used to be a team who took more penalties than they uh, than they got power plays, but now they're a much more disciplined team. I think Tom Rennie's done an excellent job and should be considered for Coach of the Year. I mean, I, I love Tom Rennie. He's an outstanding guy to talk to. He's, uh, he's great in his press conferences, and he knows his team well. Um, you know, it's kind of tough, I guess, because as far as considering him Coach of the Year, because people will say, well, you brought in Drury, you brought in Gomez, and yet your offense struggled and you're only a fifth seed. So where I agree with you that he absolutely should be consideration because you don't take into account the fact that you have rookies in the lineup, you're trying to get people acclimated to a new system, you're talking about the biggest market aside from Toronto to get people accustomed to, he absolutely should be. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he's in those talks, and I think you'll see – uh, Bruce Boudreau in Washington, uh, possibly up for for heavy consideration for yeah. that. Um, you have to you have to like Pittsburgh and Montreal there with their coaching staff. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, Washington is really the only team as as a Ranger fan, uh, aside from the media stuff, that I would fear going in through the playoffs because Ovechkin is just that kind of player. And UA is proven. I mean, he he is a legitimate NHL goaltender. Uh, you know, their trade deadline really changed the whole entire demographic of their team. No question about that. Now, of course, you said on your blog today, uh, Dubinsky looked unfazed, you know, by the playoff atmosphere. And a lot of uh, – it seems to be a consensus across the Rangers' blogosphere as well as um, the, the reporters that so Dubinsky looked great in his first game. And as we saw from this game – Tom Rennie seemed to, you know, mix and match with the rookies and the veterans, two goals by um, rookies and two goals by veterans. So you think Rennie is going to continue this formula throughout the rest of the series? Because it seems to be working. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, the only way I could see this lineup changing, aside from injury, is when Colton Orr is ready to come back. He started skating today. Uh, he's probably doubtful for the remainder of this series, but if they do go on, I could see him playing in the next one over Ryan Holwig. Just because uh, Schustrom really brings everything that Holwig does, for the most part, without the potential for penalties. And I think that Tom Rennie recognizes that, and that's why Schustrom was brought in at the, uh, at the deadline. Um, so I could see that happening. I'm a huge Peter Pruka fan. I'd love to see him in there, um, but I doubt that will happen. Um, you know, I didn't mind Rennie fooling with putting Shanahan on the fourth line and bringing Pruka up uh, in the last game against the Devils of the regular season. Uh, that's an interesting concept for a long series. Uh, but other than that, I would probably think that this is the uh, the group they're going to go with moving forward. All right, now we've talked a lot about the Rangers and this series here. Uh, but just want to get a quick maybe prediction or analysis here of the Western Conference playoffs. Of course, a lot of people think that the West has more physical teams, uh, better teams. And they, of course, they, of course, had the best team in hockey, which was the Detroit Red Wings, over the uh, course of the season. So just want to get uh, some of your thoughts about the Western Conference. As uh, much uh, hockey fans, especially casual fans, don't get to see uh, many games from the West. It's real interesting the way that the 
West shaped up. It wasn't quite as tight to the deadline of the last day as the East was, but it was pretty close. Um, and where most people have Detroit and San Jose going far, I really would not discount Anaheim. Um, they won last night in overtime. If I'm not, uh, no, I'm sorry. They were uh, they played tonight. Last night was Colorado winning in overtime, which was an upset also over Minnesota. Um, there were some yeah, real interesting games. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've had a lot of upsets. Of course, you had uh, Calgary winning as well um, over San Jose. So I mean, I think they can do it. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, there are a lot of upsets. But, you know, getting, of course, right now, Dan Axon of Pucks on Broadway and Hockey News um, joining us right now. Now, I don't know if we got a prediction from you yet. Uh, I'm sure you made one on your site. But, uh, no, actually, but, I haven't. I, I've, I've held up. I, I'm not a huge fan of predictions okay. for the season, but I don't like to tempt fate. But I like if people are talking about the individual series as far as Rangers, Devils, uh, I think Rangers in six is, is probably a pretty good guess if I were a betting man. Um, and I think as far as the teams to come out of the conference finals, at least I'll say, I think you could see the Rangers and Pittsburgh uh, definitely coming down to it, depending how that would shake out. And, and I definitely like Anaheim. Great. Yeah, I definitely like Anaheim in the West. Uh, and San Jose, if Joe Thornton can uh, sustain some, some success there. Uh, I would definitely think those are two teams in the West that you would want to look you for. I don't be- like Detroit uh, as much as other people do. Uh, I'm not a Hashik fan. Uh, I don't think that you can go into the playoffs with two goaltenders that neither one have really established themselves as your number one guy. Um, and, they've, and they've had injury problems. I mean, in the same time, they're an aging lineup on the back. I mean, Chris Chelios, Nick Lidstrom, these are not young guys despite the success of the regular season. Yeah, okay. Um I, well, I think uh, Detroit will be a force to be reckoned with. It seems like every year, though, uh, something goes wrong in the postseason uh, for the Red Wings. Certain teams are just like that, the regular season teams. You can compare them, I guess, to the Yankees in baseball. They seem to always make the playoffs, always seem to be the uh, beast of the conference, never seem to do anything. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty strange. And I think a lot of it over the last few years that you've seen has been with the fact that they're inconsistent goaltending. I mean, if you look at the parallels between them and the Ottawa Senators, if you take the egos out of the Ottawa Senators, Detroit and Ottawa are pretty much the same team. They've got some great star-scoring power up front. They've got some steady defensemen that can contribute offensively without giving up too much defensively. But both teams really do not have that solid goaltender. And, I mean, that's what's plagued Ottawa since their inception. Um, and as far as Detroit goes, it's, it's been a long time. I mean, you talk about Hashik having a great regular season but falling apart in the playoffs. And Osgood has been was great in the 90s and then fell apart, and then, you know, he's back now. But you really want to rely a playoff run on them. Uh, you know, it, I guess as you could equate it to pitching in for the Yankees. I mean, how many times can you have Andy Pettit and Mike Messina and whoever go out and bring Roger Clemens back for teams? <laughs> You know, without any solid young starting pitching. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, the Yankees do have some solid starting pitching in the young spots, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Uh, this is the <laughs> Rangers. Uh, <laughs> Ethan, you got one last thing to say? Yeah, I just wanted to. Um, I was wondering, you know, in the first game, of course, we had. Um, uh, it's not really a, a blowout, but the Rangers did win by three goals. Um, now, going through this series, you think there's going to be more. Um, close games, or 
like some, maybe we'll see some overtime games? Or do you think it's going to be uh, more one-sided games? I think it could go actually both ways, and and I don't want to mean that for a cop-out answer, but <laughs> I think tomorrow night will dictate the remainder of the series. I think that because of the fact you have a first-year head coach, I mean, you look what happened when the roles were reversed two years ago. I mean, the Rangers imploded against New Jersey because Tom Rennie was outcoached. He was not prepared the same way. Henrik Lundqvist didn't know what he was doing and fell apart. Yager went out and got hurt and was trying to overplay himself. Um, you really saw the fact that a team without a strong leader and without a prepared, experienced coach can really falter in these kind of situations. So if yeah. the Rangers come out tomorrow and win a game, I don't think that New Jersey has the ability to come back from 2-0 at this stage. And that's not knocking the team. It's just saying that they don't have the experience there, aside from Brodor and, and Eliash, to really bring them through that. Well, yeah, I think I think that could lead to a blowout, and then but if New Jersey ties up tomorrow, you know, and and you go one-one to a five-game series, I think it could tighten right back up. Yeah, I think New Jersey loses tomorrow; they have no chance. Um, well, I, think, I, I can't say that. I mean, I still think that um, you know, going down the stretch of the series, I mean, the Devils have come back from two-zero before in their storied playoff history. So I think you know, even the Devils do fall down two-all, it's gonna be tough. Um, going on the road at MSG, a place where they've only won once the whole year. Um, but I, oh, and I guess, but but they they played better at MSG than they played at the Prudential Center, despite the fact they haven't won. But but I think um, even if Devils fall down two all, the Devils still have it. You can't count them out just yet. Three all, of course, is done. But um, but once again, uh, Dan, we got to thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, Absolutely, anytime, guys. I, I'll be around. Just, so it's, it's playoff hockey, so anytime you want me to pop in, I'll be around. Sweet, sweet. I, 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 I wish, I wish I could say go Rangers, but I, I'll just say this: I hope the series goes seven games. All right. I hope it goes. I'm gonna hope it goes six, so that I can be sitting at the Garden when when the finale happens. Okay, that sounds cool. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to drive back to Newark. I did that once. It was not, uh, not that much fun. Yeah, All right, well, you can take the train. I think so. Great insight. Uh, definitely, let's go, Rangers. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Have fun. All right. By the way, Quats, if uh, if you think the series would be over at three zero, just ask uh, the two thousand four New York Yankees. I think mm-hmm. they'd have uh, something different to say about that. Well, anyway, um, we're gonna take a little break right now. We're gonna have a little bit of Mets, a little bit of Yankees. Of course, the Mets. Right now, up 2 nothing against the Phillies. Uh, Two-run single, Ryan Church. Uh, they also signed Claudio Vargas today. We'll get more into that. And also, the Yankees are playing in Kansas City, looking to salvage a series. Yeah, he's looking to series. rebound. Looking rebound. to salvage a series. Uh, right now, no score in the first inning. We'll be right yeah. back here on Ace Man and the Claws. The Sports Socket. Your home for the Mets, the Yankees, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils. Even the Knicks and the Nets. Anything you want is right here on the docket. www.blogtalkreader.com slash docket every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Same time, same place. Live from Lynn Brook and Brooklyn, New York. 
This is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Quas on Blog Talk Radio. Eight twenty-eight on a Thursday night in New York City and Lindbrook, New York. Uh, the phone lines are now open as Dan Axton. Uh, we just had an interview with him, of course, from Pucks on Broadway and Hockey News. Um, you want to call in? The number is always one six four six four seven eight five one eight seven, or you can aim us. Uh, Mets fanatic nine ten, and that's my Rangers Ranger fan partner, uh, co-host, and uh, you can aim me at Quas Mets o eight. Okay, and um, we do have a call on the line. We did have another call and a couple calls in line before. I guess they might have hung up. Actually, there are like four callers. If you guys want to call back in, that'll be fine, and we'll take your phone calls. So five one six area code. Uh, what's going on tonight? You're on the sports docket. Hey, guys, it's Mark Elliott of Sports Heaven. What's going on tonight? Hey, Mark, oh, it's great, Mark Elliott. Hey, Mark, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing very good right now. Uh, of course, before your commercial break, you said the Yankees trying to rebound. Of course, Pettit already gave up a run in the bottom of the first, but well, not, why, not why I'm calling you. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just wanted to let you know, if you didn't know, that my New York Rangers beat your New Jersey Devils 4-1 to yesterday, Quas. They sure did. They sure, they sure did. did. They did, you know, they uh, they came out strong in game one. I kind of expected they would have a little fire um, in game one. The Rangers fans came out to the Prudential Center, and, uh, you know, they had a great um, great third period, took advantage of some Rodor miscues. But, you know, after, Rodor said after the game uh, that he's the best player on this team, and he, he's the guy that needs to um, hold down the fort, and uh, if he's not doing that, the Devils are not going to win. So, you know, Mark, Mark, I'm not so sure that the uh, New Jersey Devils are going to win a game in this series. Yeah, sure. they uh, did not look good yesterday. And if Brodor thinks he's the best player, well, then they certainly have a lot of problems because giving up three goals, one of which he was just chilling in the crease with the puck on his stick and then Callahan scored. I don't know what he was thinking there. But uh, <laughs> I'm just calling pretty much to boast. But he while I'm on the air. Well, you know, you, know you, 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 you Rangers fans, you can boast all you want. He's I'll be having the toast. Rodor was a hungry. He was thinking about what he was going to eat after the game. Uh, well, maybe. He forgot the puck was in the crease. I uh, know. Ryan Callahan with the heads-up play. Uh, that's that's very that's a very lazy goal. And that goal changed the whole complexion of the game. Uh, the Rangers, uh, 1-1 is much different from 2-1. You know, the Devils have to take more chances. And uh, pinch their defenseman in on the offense. And well, yeah, that's the big key. I mean, the, the, uh, no. since the since the Devils are so overmatched on the forward side, I mean, I mean, how much confidence can you have in guys like Danny Zubris, you know, uh, against guys like Scott Gomez and Martin Straka? So what the, what the Devils need to do is get the defenseman going because I mean, that that that's their strong point. And if, if the defensemen are are making all these miscues, what was that? The aliens. Aliens? Mark is still on. I am still on. Mark's I, mean, I am not an alien. But, okay, uh, Mark, stay alive. We have another caller now. It's a 347 area code. Um, now, the sports doctor, you're talking Rangers and Devils. What's going on tonight? Hey. Is there? Right, who's this? Where you, Danny, Danny, from where? From where? Uh, from Brooklyn. Hey, hey what's, what's going on? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, Ethan, you know me. You know me way too well. I said it before with 
with the Rangers series, they're going to sweep it. They're sweeping it. It's going to be four zip. You no, know, you have two guys in the line that agree with you right now. I but I so. think, you know, I think really the Devils are not going to get swept. I mean, when the last time Devils got swept? You can't, you When's the last time that they got swept? Well, that's hard to say, but it might go 4-1, maybe. This is four, New Year, man. This is New Year. Well, remember, I made that pick on your radio station earlier this year. I, I, I remember the Raiders the are going to go all the way, so I'm not stopping now. Well, I don't think they're going to sweep. I think that it'll be a fairly short series. I think it's going to be five or six. I don't think they're going to sweep. I think the Devils can uh, squeak out a game out of this series. Come on. First of all, you got to look One at the game. The Devils are the favorite in this series, regardless of what you guys want to say. I mean, right now I'm, I'm outnumbered. I'm, right now you guys are on a 3-1 breakaway, and you're racing towards my net. But the Devils are the favorite in this series. You know, go to Las Vegas. There aren't many bids for hockey over there. I don't think even know what hockey is in Las Vegas. But the Devils are the favorite in this series. That's just because they're the better seed. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, no, but you look at some other... Um, it's just the momentum. The Rangers have all the momentum right now over the Devils. The Rangers definitely have all the momentum. The Devils did win the last game of the year. you got to give them credit for that shootout win, which they blew, they blew the, the, the 2-0 lead, but they did eventually come out and win the game. I mean, the Devils are the favorite. I mean, you Rangers fans, you're cocky, and I'm letting you be cocky. I'm not going to stop you from being cocky. I'm being cocky. Yeah, I give the Devils Wait, how are we cocky? And I'm well, Ethan, I told you this before. I'm not even a Ranger fan. I well, told you this. And Mark, well, and you, Mark, what do you think I about I told you this before the season began. They're the better team by far. Mm-hmm. Mark, what do you think about the series? What? Mark, what do you think about the series? What, what do I think about the series? Yeah, how's it going to end? Well, how many games? I'm saying Rangers in six. Well, that's the popular prediction. I mean, everybody's picking that. I'm I'm picking Devils in seven, as I did all as I done all along, because I think this is a capable of going seven. You guys got to agree. This series can go seven games if the right things happen. No, the so, only right thing that could happen is if Brodeur will stand on his head all throughout the series. <laughs> Otherwise, Colin White, I saw him yesterday. He's way, he's probably the Washed best up? defensive defenseman in the league right now, but he can guard Yager. And if Yager breaks out, it's done. Also, that's another thing, right? Ryan Callahan, I got to admit, that was an, it was a chip and goal, but last year, the same thing. Sean Avery shot the puck up from down the ice, goes out the station and into the net. That was a game winner. It okay. sure was. Well, that's what he had to play. So, I mean, you know, Callahan was just hustling, and Brodeur, he just got no, lazy. No, no, Brodeur napped. He was napping on that. Yeah. Well, he got lazy. I, I, it wasn't even a lazy play, bro. Or I don't even know what the hell happened. He was looking where to clear it and just like never cleared it. Him. Yeah, he never cleared it. He should have at least thrown it into the boards, giving them well, some time. Well, yeah, the Ranger, the Rangers were shorthanded. I think Brodeur just thought he had more time because he didn't. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't even hey, think he hey, saw hey. Callahan behind the net until he was right in front of the last second. He didn't have any time to react. But well, you know, let's not, uh, let's you not can't, forget. He has to get rid of the oh. puck. Yeah, but Callahan was the one that took the shot, and he was skating behind the net already. Well, that's what I'm saying. You didn't see him. But it's not that he didn't see him. If Callahan took the shot, and he saw the shot itself. Hello? He had the puck on him. He knew where Callahan went around the net. Well, he didn't know. If he knew, then Callahan would not have scored. If he knew, then <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but he kept going straight. He saw that. He, 
Verdura was looking at him when he did that. I don't no, think I that think he was Verdura looking up the ice I, I, and he was going the net. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I think that he's way too over aggressive, gets too much out. But then again, well, he's still the best goalie. He's still the best goalie of all time right now. But Henrik Lundqvist is the best goalie in the series. So we'll see. And definitely, well, I just want to say one more thing uh, with you guys talking about he's this aging. now. Rodor is aging. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, know, that's, that's, younger that's also another problem. That's also and also, problem. I'm sure, you know, Mark and, uh, I mean, you guys are only about three years old then, but of course you remember the Matto, Matto, Matto. Well, Devil's got a player by the name of Mike Motto. I'm not going to say um, his Mike name. Motto. Mike, Mike Motto. Mike Motto. Okay, he's, he's an ex-Ranger. Well, he is, And, yeah. and, and let's not forget... He's a third-line defenseman. He's not going to be a big contributor. Well, did it, neither was Matteau going to be a big contributor. They didn't know that. Well, all 18 players are important on the team, and two goalies, of course. Yeah, no question. Even you are 100% correct on whether that. Whether it's Yama Yago, <laughs> whether it's Dan Girardi, everybody's important on the Rangers. And, uh, everything, you know, all, oh, all well, teams need their whole team. They need all 18 guys to chip in. You, you know, you have penalty killers, you have people on the power play, and you also have people playing in... Uh, Garbage time, but still everybody needs to contribute on the team. Without everybody, you can't win games. Well, well, how about Mark, how yeah. about five clinks? Five clinks that the Rangers, uh, not the five Rangers, what? Devils. Five clinks off the post that the uh, that the. Devils oh yeah, well, have. I mean the post is goalie's best friend. I mean they're not goals, they're posts. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, listen, but one fourth of an inch to the right, it'll go in. Yeah, that's one fourth to the left, it'll. Just missed the net completely. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, uh, but it didn't go in. That's that's the whole thing. Exactly. And, uh, that, I mean, that's so, what I'm thinking about the Devils. Whose fault saying, was that? Whose fault was Devils, that? The Devils got some great chances at the you know at the beginning of the game. And uh, yeah, as it was, the game it was went an on, shot. It went right off the post. The Devils arguably was, had better chances than the Rangers. They just didn't finish. Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah, finish. Like, uh, guys, hold on one sec. I'm Mark. Of course, you're. Mark, I've called your show before about this uh, at Sports Heaven. You know, we spoke about uh, Nigel Dawes. And what were your thoughts last night watching Dawes with that empty netter? I mean, Bodor just looked completely uh, dumbfounded when he scored. That was classic. By the way, classy play by Shanahan to give Dawes the goal. Yeah, yeah both, both of them uh, were very unselfish. Dawes gave it to Shanahan. Shanahan just gave it right back. So, good job by both of them. But I think Dawes, the young player, first time in the playoffs, you know, Twenty-three. Get the first goal finally. Yeah. First goal, goal fifty-nine. There's a bit of a difference right there, so that's why he gave it up. He he he's not a selfish player. He's one of the Rangers' most sound players. So there's no point of him. Well, the Rangers have a ton track. of sound players. I don't think no doubt about that. I mean, no, I no, no, no. They have probably the best defenseman out of both of the teams right now, Federer Tuden. But I didn't see too much yesterday. That really showed that because he gave up the puck twice right in front of the net. Right in yeah, front Danny, of the net. I, Danny, I think you enjoy pronouncing Feder Tudin's name. <laughs> oh, I love Feder Tudin. He's going to be great one day. He's a good player. Uh, well, yeah. Dan, uh, thanks for the call. Danny, uh, thank you so much. Mark, thanks so much, Mark. Now, Mark has a big show coming up, so just, Mark, remind uh, your list, uh, our listeners and your listeners and everybody's listeners about your show coming up on Saturday at 3. Yeah, it was a great All right. show. I will do that uh, this Saturday at 3 p.m. 
If you go to blogtalkradio.com slash sportsheaven with Mark and Evan, it's Mark with a K. Uh, Kenny Albert, the New York Rangers radio broadcaster, will be on my show talking about the first two games of the series and looking ahead to the next two. So that's Saturday at 3. That's uh, Kenny Albert, of course, for the radio, as Mark just said. And you definitely want to check that out. I mean, Kenny's been on his show in the past. The last time he was on, they talked mostly baseball. So this time they'll be talking um, hockey. Of course. And, uh, Danny, thanks so much for calling in. We look to seeing you down the line as we go towards the Stanley Cup. Mark, look to, towards your show on Saturday. Guys, thanks so much for your phone calls. Uh, we, to, we have some time left in our program, so we're going to get into baseball here. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take a quick commercial. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We haven't gotten to any baseball yet. We'll get At to all. baseball well, we'll for the final 20 minutes and take more of your phone calls here. Right back on the sports docket with Ace Man. And the Quas. Hello, Mets fans. You're looking for a show that covers the Mets inside and out? And there's a show for you. The 7 Train to Shame Mets radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Join Matt, Greg, Mike, and special guests all season long with inside analysis on games, news, rumors, the minor leagues, and more. Voice your opinion or ask a question by calling into the show. For up to the latest Mets, news, rumors, opinions, and show schedules, visit our website at www.7traintoshay.blogspot.com. For Mets fans, by Mets fans, it's a 7 Train Shea Mets radio show. Now back to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quas. Okay, welcome back to our program. Oh, man. I just got Rick Rolls. How about that? The boss just got rickrolled. Oh crap, my switchboard just froze. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop this. <laughs> I'll stop it. I got it back, I got it back, hold on. Of course, the Mets got it, Of course, the Mets are uh, up to nothing right now. Yeah, Do we have another call or is that the same number? Um, what's the uh, area code? Three four seven. Hello, Mets fans. You're looking for a show that covers oh. the Mets inside and out. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. Yeah, that's the that's I believe that's the same caller. I believe. Matt uh, Pignataro, if you're listening, you have to pay me double now. I paid. I played your ad twice. Yeah, <laughs> Matt's gonna. <laughs> Matt, of course, seven trains to Shay. They have a great show over as well on Blog Talk Radio. But um, and you've called in there quite a few times. But yeah. But anyway. Uh, we, we want to get into the Mets there, but since we're going the Mets, we want to do a little bit of the 32 seconds for the Knicks. we got to give them their due. Actually, they did a good job this week, so I'll give them 42 seconds. How about that? 42 seconds? They're getting a little generous now. But, because uh, now Isaiah Thomas isn't the head of operations anymore, and they won three in a row this week. So, Ethan, I'll give you uh, 42 seconds on the Knicks, and Mets up 3 nothing. They'll turn RBI single. All right, I'll give three. you starting right now. Okay, the Knicks last night, um, 60 wins. Well, the, the Knicks won't have 60, 60, 60 wins, 60 losses. The Knicks will not have 60 losses this year because they beat the Charlotte Bobcats last night. Nobody scored more than Jamal Crawford, 18 points. But the Knicks uh, came away with the victory over another terrible team uh, run by Michael Jordan, the Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, the Knicks um, still have one more game to go, but the big thing for the Knicks is that on their last game of their season, they're um, – home closer against the Boston Celtics. If, you, if you're a Knicks fan or not, you must go to the game because the Knicks are going to be having fan 
Fan Appreciation Night, which means free food for everybody. They have free hot dogs and, and free water and anything that you want. So that's uh, free food for the Knicks, courtesy of Madison Square Garden's new president, Donnie Walsh. And I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. I'll give the Nets 57 seconds. Can you do that? Uh, I don't want to talk about them. They're done. They're eliminated. All right, all right, all right. All right, now let's get to some Mets here. Mets, uh, of course, uh, it's been a, it's been a really, uh, I would yeah. say, a weird start for the Mets. Definitely. Yeah, seven games, three and four so far, and up three nothing right now in the sixth inning. Uh, mm-hmm. But three and four, it's, there's been a, a lot of different games. Six innings. Mean, John Mann is pitching pretty good. I mean, the pitch, the starting pitching has been pretty good. Bullpen well, has been shaky for one night. It's been great the other night. has been very shaky. I mean, Stephen, you look at the Mets' three wins this year. They've been by five runs or more. The Mets' four losses, well, the Mets' four losses, um, aside from the game against Atlanta where they lost 11-5, that Saturday afternoon game, the Mets' three out of their four losses have been by only uh, two runs or more. So the Mets cannot win a close game. So far this season, I mean, if you can't win close games, you're not going to be in the pennant race. That's just the bottom line. The Mets really got to start winning close games, as opposed to these eight-two, seven-two, or thirteen-nothing games. The Mets got to win close games, and their bullpen, their the duo of Heilman and Schoenweiss, you know, the guys are just not coming through. The, Mets the only really thing that concerns me right now with this team, I really think that, you know, that, I mean, Jose Reyes. Uh, he's really he looks out of it right now, um, and I'm I thought he was gonna have a nice year. Uh, I mean it's only eight games old, but he really uh, he doesn't look comfortable to play. Uh, he mm-hmm. looks he's popping everything up like he was last year. He's stepping in the bucket from the left side of the plate. Um, right now, I mean, race is not locked in. I know he's eventually gonna get on a hot streak, but I mean, uh, it's uh, you know he's got one walk. He's got no stolen. I, well, maybe not one, but a few walks, no stolen bases. Um, He's really got to start playing for the Mets in order for the Mets to win. I mean, mm-hmm. Reyes has to be the big guy at the top of the plate. To, yeah, in fact, yes, the SNY asked Reyes about his stolen bases, so he says, "Well, right now I'm not getting on base. Once I get on base, I'll start stealing bases." Start stealing That's... bases, and once I eat a sandwich and get on base. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, well, right now he's dying 200, so obviously he's not yeah, getting on base. You know, he's not seeing the ball or whatever he's doing. He's swinging under it. But, of course, Mets uh, fans remember last September, one of his most abysmal months ever. I'm not saying, you know, jump off the bridge, Rays can't hit. But I'm just saying right now that I would, it's just something to watch for. It's not a concern yet. If he keeps, you know, if he doesn't get going until, like, May or June, then it'll be a concern. But right now, it's just something to watch out for. Also, Even though David Wright hasn't gotten many hits the past few games, uh, I think that I like the way he's swinging this year. I think uh, he's going to have a lot more power this year. He just looks to be driving the ball. He looks to be kind of taking that leadership spot. And I really like that from Wright. Uh, you know, they're right now they're up and down. They're up and down. Uh, winning game and getting killed. Uh, they just they need to have that swagger. And they need, you know, to get everybody going. That's that's the two big keys for this team. You have to know, question, man. I mean, the Mets uh, really need to start winning these close games. And the it starts at the top with Jose Reyes. I mean, Luis Castillo's his knees are bothering him again, so he's been out of line for the last couple of games. Uh, Randolph said it wasn't serious. He said that hopefully uh, Castillo will be day to day and won't call the DL because that would be a big blow to the Mets. I mean, I can't see Damon easily for like uh, two straight weeks in a row. I mean, 
already in his couple of games. He's grounded some double plays. Yeah. I mean, easily adjust, easily be the home run and double play guy. I mean, that's not one, what I'm The one very good thing I would have to say about the team the first eight games, I mean, well, of course, Johan Santana's been great. Uh, Ali Perez has been great. But also, the one guy that you didn't quite know about, the fifth spot in the order, which is huge, Carl Salgado, who's really been carrying the cover off the ball. First Carl Salgado looks great. I mean, that's the one guy, I mean, oh, much better start than last year. Last year, uh, he hit maybe 200 the first two months. And uh, he, he struggled to get his average over 250 last year by the end of the year. you got to really be encouraged by his start, even though he just struck out as I'm watching. But you got to be very encouraged by uh, his start. Right now, he's hitting over 350 in the first eight games. Uh, he's showing some power to the opposite field and also uh, hit a home run on opening day the other, night, uh, the other day. And also, um, Angel Pagan who had an RB, a two-run double Angel yesterday. Pagan, where did this guy come from? I mean, you know, uh, Angel Pagan became the uh, first Met, actually not the first major leaguer, um, in, in his first four games of the season to score a run and drive in a run um, in the first four games of the year. So, I mean, that's something uh, the Mets would have not have expected from Pagan when he first came, when he first um, joined the organization again. But Pagan really looks great. I mean, Randolph has actually flipped him around and put him in the two spot. And he's doing pretty well from that spot of the order while Reyes has been struggling. So, I mean, obviously, Pagan's not going to stay in the two spot when Castillo comes back. But Pagan looks pretty good so far at the start of the year. Not only that, but Ryan Church and Brian Schneider. I mean, a lot of guys didn't know what to expect from uh, their from their bats. But they have also... Looks very comfortable at the plate. Uh, looking good so far. Looking good. Uh, right now, I guess... Uh... And also tonight, uh, we're speaking of maybe after this pitching... Um, the Mets now going to, now they're going to the seventh inning. John Main has only thrown 85 pitches. Um, he doesn't have a no hitter. The Mets fans know you're not going to see that tonight. But uh, John Main uh, does uh, only allows three hits in the game, um, and uh, he struck out only one. He's walked five actually, which is not so good. But um, John Main has uh, kept runners from scoring in this game so far, so that's good to see. And of course, the Mets are facing Adam Eden. So maybe the tide is turning here. I mean, the Phillies won nine straight games dating back to June 30th of, of last season, 2007. But the Mets now um, yeah. are nine outs away from getting their second straight here. All and right. the Mets, of course, want to take this Quas, Sorry to cut you off here, but we do have a phone call on the line, a 917 number, 917 okay, area good. code. Uh, what's your name? And uh, you're on eighth man on the cross. Hello? Hey, what's Hello? up? Hey, Ethan, how are you? It's Roman. Who? Roman from E. Oh, Roman! Sweet Roman. How are you doing, man? This is Roman from where? Uh, Roman. From school. Hey, what's up, man? What do you got for us? Uh, nothing. Just you guys discussing. Uh, you can discuss the Rangers and the Devils? Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a big, big segment earlier on. We actually spent like a half hour on that at the beginning, but uh, you got any opinions on that? You're welcome to say yeah, sorry, again, I missed out. Uh, yeah, of course, I think uh, Rangers are going to burn the Devils, if not in four, then in five games. And I think Devils <laughs> made a huge mistake by playing Berdour again this uh, season over, what, 70 games? I like this kid's thinking he's going to burn the Devils. I like his thinking. Uh, I mean, so how do you think, uh, how many games do you think this is going to go? Uh, it's most five. Because, uh, like, really? uh, if, yeah, like last season, uh, Berdour played eight games and he died. He barely played for first uh, round and uh, was terrible in the second. 
And uh, this year, again, uh, he's one year older, and he played over 70 games. And uh, I don't think he's a match with Henry Conklin. Yeah, that seems to be the sexy pick right now, Rangers in five or Rangers in six. Um, right now, yeah, Brodeur is getting a lot of heat right now. Um, now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Brodeur is overrated? Do you think uh, all these years it's been the devil's defense? Or do you think he is a whole thing? Uh, I think he's definitely Hall of Fame goal, even though he did, uh, I don't like the Devils. But uh, i got to admit that Verdor's, um the all-time best. <clears throat> so it's just, it's just yeah, when he was younger, he was better. But now he's, what, 36, 37? Uh, and uh, he might be considering you know, hanging up his skates soon. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, he, he's going to retire soon. But Roman... Uh, what about your boy Sean Avery? Uh, the, the oh, game my boy Sean Avery, I love him. But the more effect that I like, I like the better effect of Ryan Callahan scoring, uh, scoring that goal, Marty Brodeur, and that was uh, a hustle goal. Definitely a hustle. I, I, I didn't expect Callahan to contribute so early in the series, but uh, but Callahan got the uh, right pass there. The was with us from Gomez, and he uh, mm-hmm. shot a beauty um, away from Brodeur, who wasn't having trouble in the crease. But yeah, Callahan. Tremendous goal. Yeah, it was really cracking up. It was just hilarious. Uh, Berger missed, uh, like, uh, he's, I don't know how anyone would do it. Even I could stop that. And, uh, <laughs> comical. Yeah, and the best thing is that Scotty uh, Gomez ended it back to Devils three assists. Just too bad he didn't score a goal. That would really put them out. I'll save that goal for later in the series, though. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And Chris Jordan needs to put more offense there. Uh, don't worry about it. I mean, I think the Rangers will be fine. Uh, 4-1 yesterday, of course. You could really count that as 3-1. I don't think the empty net should really count. Uh, right, right. Thinking about the game, but, you know, the Rangers did a good job yesterday. I mean, they didn't play their best game as a team. No, definitely not. Yeah, I agree with they didn't you. They didn't play their best game, but played a solid game. Uh, you know, all right. Uh, you got anything else, or uh, that's it? Uh, let's go Rangers. Hold the way. All right, man. All right, Roman. I'll see you in school tomorrow, Roman. Thanks so much for your phone call. Definitely. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Great. And, of course, is uh, Roman from Brooklyn. Hi, man. Thanks for the call. Hi, Roman. Thanks for the call. Thanks tonight. Uh, Roman, of course, um, big, huge Ranger fan, uh, big fan of Sean Avery. Roman plays hockey himself. And um, I will have a little mess up here. Pedro Feliz homers for the Phillies. Uh, Oh, God. New York. John Mayne's starting to get hit hard. Uh, Felice with a home run, and then uh, the second guy at the inning with a double. Main is coming out of the game after six. six oh, that's a mistake. Seven. That is a mistake. Now we're going to well, see another clap. He's getting hit hard right now as I'm watching it. Uh, pitch count starting to rise a little bit. Still has about, what, 92, 93 pitches, but it's starting to tire out, you can tell. Uh, fastball's right down the middle of the last two batters. So uh, Main's mm-hmm. coming out. Feliciano's coming in. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. 3-1 right now, Mets in the uh, yeah. top of the seven. How about this guy, Cost, that's doubled in the game? Now, I haven't talked to the Yankees because we are very um, sympathetic toward the Yankees. And we well, do, the we Yankees are on the, the verge of getting swept by the Royals here. Are, well, only down with nothing right now. But uh, one surprise, uh, I mean, other than the Tigers, the Yankees have the worst offense right now in the American League. Uh, this team can't back. score a run. I mean, besides the fact that Gio's out of the lineup now, Passage's out of the lineup, Gio and Posada aren't, aren't even the big guys lineup. Guys like Bobby Obreu, Alex Rodriguez, and Adeki Matsui, who was who started off pretty well this year, and they're struggling against the Royals. I mean, Giambi's done nothing. He's in the old 56. The Yankees have done absolutely nothing offensively this, for the first, uh, what, 10 games now. I mean... Yeah, this is uh, game number 10 for them. 
Yeah, the Yankees uh, could fall um, right now. I mean, mark this day down down in your calendar, um, April 10, 2008. The right Yankees showed the, the, the Royals by like three and a half games. I mean, they're not in the same division. But still, I mean, that's pretty remarkable for the way these two teams have gone. And the Yankees, of course, are three games behind the uh, surging Baltimore Orioles, who have won six in a row. But I mean, the Orioles the lost the uh, first game of a doubleheader today to the uh, Texas Rangers. I don't know what it is. I mean, Joe Girardi is an, has emphasized small ball because he's, he's a National League guy. He came coming off for the Marlins organization. Um, but still, I mean, the Yankees are not a small ball team. We know that. I mean, you've seen a lot of guys bunt this year, but it's not just that. I mean, of course, Zach Greinke is a great pitcher uh, last night with the eight shutout innings. But the Yankees got to start hitting. I mean, the, the, I the, think the they'll start hitting. I think the hitting will come as time goes on for them. But the thing is, uh, you got to be a little concerned about the young pitching. And Ian Kennedy, uh, Philip Hughes, and whoever else they got in the back of that rotation there. I mean, Jabba Chamberlain uh, doing great right now in the eighth inning, but the Yankees eventually want to move him uh, to the yeah, pen. It doesn't, it doesn't, I, it's even, it, I don't think it even matters about you know the pitching staff. The Yankees, you know, the Yankees are down 10 runs. You can expect them to make some sort of huge comeback. I mean, the Yankees got to really get their bats going. Uh, I mean, I think they will get them going eventually. But, you know, against him like the Kansas City Royals, I mean, I think the Yankees have gotten swept by the Royals in the past. But really, I mean, Damon's not doing – the entire lineup is doing absolutely nothing. That's well, the I mean, it's line. only uh, nine, ten games. Uh, it's true. It's true. I mean, uh, and I'm not even – and I should be enjoying this, but just watching them play is like watching a minor league team play right now. We're not that bad. I mean, uh, remember last year, the Yankees started was like 23-29. and 29. Uh, Then they ended up winning 93-94 games. So, I mean, uh, don't worry about them. I think they'll be fine. Well, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I don't really. Oh, how about this? Uh, Tuesday's game, I just got a, got a chance to catch it. Alex Rodriguez going up uh, against Brian Bannister. Remember him, the former Met? Um, yes. He struck out sombrero, four times in four at-bats. Yeah, the classic golden sombrero. Golden sombrero for Alex Rodriguez on Tuesday night. So, um, the Yankees, you know, I mean, maybe A-Rod, A-Rod has either a slow start or a fast start, depending on what year he's playing in. But, you know, A-Rod really got to get it going as well. I mean, that's, when A-Rod gets it going, it seems like the whole lineup gets it going. I mean, this is, this is, really, this is really came in the best offense on paper. And well, it's not looking out like that right now. But, uh, but again, you can't get worried about the Yankees because uh, we all know what they're capable of doing. But, again, it's Joe Duarte. It's not Joe Torre. The aura is a little – some of the aura is gone. I mean, Duarte, what's his resume? Florida Marlins manager 78 and 84? That's not so uh, impressive. Oh, yeah, but well, for the Marlins, I'd be like winning 100 with a normal team. <laughs> yeah, I know. But well, the Marlins – this is in first place right now in the National League East. The Florida definitely, Marlins. Uh, definitely closest for concern, you would have to uh, say right now, for the Yankees. Not, not also, a, not a, well, Yankees and Mets, uh, they both have a lot of flaws. Last week when we had on um, Eric Simon of AmazingAvenue.com, we asked him about the Nationals. Uh, they were 3-0 at that time. I think 3-1. And he said, you know, they're going to fall off real soon. And he is absolutely right. The Nationals exactly. have lost. I mean, he's – I mean – it's a very small sample. Even ten games in baseball, that's only about one sixteenth of the season. So yeah. I mean, you really got to give uh, people a chance, teams a chance to get going. A lot of teams, obviously, but they've lost. Yeah, some teams are going to be slumping. Some teams are going to be overachieving. I mean, uh, come back in June, July. That's when you can really start to get a sense on uh, which teams are going to go far this year, which teams aren't, and uh, vice versa. Except. You said the Marlins had no pitching. The Nationals have no pitching. 
I mean, again, 10 runs against the Marlins last night. Exactly. And Starting I, pitching. I mean, the bullpen's decent. They have John Rauch, Chad Cordero, Luis Ayala, uh, Jesus uh, Colin. Okay, well, I, would love to have, I would love to have Cordero setting up uh, Billy Wagner here in New York. That would be something that, again, yeah, that's I mean, well, a, let's see what happens to DeWanna Sanchez. And also uh, for the Mets, by the way, uh, Turner or well, Figueroa's days as the fifth starter, love maybe number yeah, I think Lotterell just kicked us off the air. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I mean, this will still be on the archive, though. But um, with uh, the Mets, uh, their fifth starter in the rotation, uh, Figaro may not be that for much longer. Mm. Uh, Mets today signed Claudio Vargas, uh, the right-hander who was released by the Milwaukee Brewers. The guy has a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, uh, has a good slider, has a good curveball, so uh, he's a low-risk, high-reward type guy. Uh, compared to the signing maybe before his Sosa last year, where I'll be caught lightning in a bottle. That's, we got to hope for that uh, from Claudio Vargas. We'll see what happens. Uh, we might see you next week. We're still not sure about that. We might see you with some interviews as well. All right, I'll end so, this little song here, uh, since we're not even on the air anymore. I believe uh, this will be on the archive still, though. Uh, yeah, so, so. This is a song. Uh, I'll look for something now, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll see you next week. Definitely. Looking for a song. Actually, I have a song. I got a song. Don't worry about it. I got a song. Ian got it. I'll find something. Hold on. Go with some Billy Idol here. Okay, great.